long. Why are we passing it round at back? Get it along. They just give the ball away. Why don't they find feet? Well, you can't do hoofing it long and finding feet. That's not, nobody does that. Uh, and everything was like proving him right. See, I said they should do that. You never fucking did. I've sat here and listened to you constantly talk for 90 minutes. You didn't say they should do that. You said a lot of shit, including some vaguely racist stuff. That's the cold open, Rich. <laughs> Welcome to Different Gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Richard Miller, and my co-host, something, something, something. How do we do this again? Dr. Luke Gledall. How are you doing today, Luke? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm good. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. This is the, uh, what I would describe as a normal recording uh, weekend for us in that I've been to the match. You've, uh, you've managed to watch a stream and uh, we're now talking about it, but we've had longer of not normal than normal now. And it's a very long time since we did a normal. It is. Oh, yeah. It's been a hot minute since it was normal. A hot minute. Mm. One of the hotter minutes that you can think of. Uh, Because, yeah, last time back at uh, Hillsborough was the the FA Cup game, which was the 4th of March 2020. And the last league game would have been uh, a win against Charlton on the 26th of February. Mm. Were you there for that one, Rich? I'm not sure with it being a a midweek match during a pretty poor run of form. I think I was almost definitely there for the the tonking by Reading, the 3-0 drubbing that we got from from Reading on the the Saturday. Mm. Fifteenth, but uh, yeah, but people back at Hillsborough, twenty four thousand or thereabouts of us, in fine fettle and voice, uh, nary a mask to be seen. Really, to be honest, I think people have just decided to pretend that nothing's happened and nothing's happening. And uh, to an extent, I just cannot blame people. Mm-hmm. To, be, to be honest. <laughs> But yeah, so it means we're in the position of uh, yeah, back to I've uh, I've been at my my you know my regular throne um, near the top of the the cop. I didn't have my my sister alongside me, who's um, you know subject to most of my mutterings and utterings during a, during a match in uh, in real time. Uh, she's she's uh, still on a lovely sunny holiday, but uh, she'll be back at Hillsborough this week as well on Tuesday. But no, it's got to be said. It's nice to be back. Mm-hmm. Nice to see. Uh, nice to see folks again, and um, a bit of a whiff of bo, the odd fart smell. You know, these are things that you we you oddly miss from your match day experience. Queuing for far too long to to get a warm Coke Zero. I don't like Co Zero, but that's the only thing they have that doesn't have sugar in. Um, 
yeah, all those, all those things and more. And a chance to see this new look Wednesday side in their kit that has got too much white and not enough blue on it. Yep, and uneven stripes. Yep. Oh. Anyway, are you getting ahead of yourself, Rich? Because it's, it's I been, am slightly. Um, I am slightly. You're right there, Luke. You've let the occasion get away with you. <laughs> yeah, the revelry of, uh, of doing of, uh, doing the thing that we thought we would be doing at the beginning of when we started this podcast. Yes. Yeah. How dare we think that you know everything be a continuation of modern life just as it stands? Really, really shoved it up our poopers, didn't it, Rich? It did. It really made fools of fools of us and uh, our our stupid uh, <laughs> conclusions that we leapt to, thinking that life might be normal or no. Hey, news wise, we should probably do a little bit of talk there. So let's do the old drop. Breaking hoo hoos. So another signing. Yeah, and one that we uh, did. We even mention that this was kind of linked. About the time, or was it kind so. of breaking around the time we were doing recording? It seemed to sort of break and happen in, in a pretty short order. Right, a bit like Corbino, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So... Kept distinctly under wraps, and then it may well be it sort of got mentioned like a Sunday night or a Monday night, and then it was, anyway. Ruined, yeah. realised, and breaking and in our faces the next day, right? Mm. Mm-hmm. Which seems to be... Do most of our announcements seem to now come about three o'clock? Oh, maybe yeah. So that's that there seemed a lot right. between three and five p.m. GMT. That seemed to kind of pop out, or BST, yes. I guess, to be very technical about these things. But um, it was weird because I, I, I think the maybe it's because I, I feeling like I've spoken to you about this, or maybe I thought, oh, like I, I cognitively sat down and thought what I was going to say to you when I heard the rumors, or just came across my mind in a kind of weird kind of mini rehearsal for a conversation that never happened (laughs) but like when i saw his name being linked i was like are we really going to sign someone else it felt like we've really done our business it felt really like we were waiting for that last you know that last kind of piece to put in the jigsaw puzzle and that was uh, number nine lee gregory so i really didn't have any expectations of anyone else kind of signing no let alone especially after like we had that you know I was there being like, well, I'm really hopeful I get the things that I want, but you know, it feels like um, we can't have nice things most of the time, no. and that we're largely living in a sense of kind of footballing poverty. So, you know, if I if I yank on the uh, the corner of Mr. Chancery's jacket and say, <laughs> please, 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 Papa Chancery, can can we have some defensive cover? Then that would have been denied, and then Lewis Gibson, Louis, yeah. Louis Gibbo came in, which was unexpected because yeah. that was post that was post Lee Gregory, because it yeah. it feels like the last piece in the puzzle is always a striker. It's always the bit that's the hardest to get. It's always the bit that takes seems the deal seems to get a bit longer. There seems to be other contingencies and things that need to be fall into place with other clubs before you know they that's someone who they they let go. So yeah. I wasn't really expecting any more business. And then the name of Silla Sal came up, and I just thought this was just really the world of newspaper rumours. And then, surprise, surprise! Yes. (laughs) We signed him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I I think, to be fair, I think Darren Moore has sort of said we're still looking, and I don't think Darren Moore's sort of said we're done at any stage yet. Um, So, uh, yeah, it's intriguing, because... I think we've obviously we've got at least two positions for wide players. Hmm. Um, 
Which now, you, what, what are you going to say now? You're going to say Green, Johnson, Corbino, Sounds. But then I don't know whether that what that means for Windass, where Windass is seen to be playing. Right. It's intriguing. I mean, he looks like um, from the the two minute YouTube video I've seen of him. He really looks a talent. But the last that is a two minute YouTube video. But I think yeah, I did also never... a, a bit like you. I think I did share a bit of your, you know, your kind of YouTube enthusiasm for him. That's a... <laughs> Yeah, not youthful enthusiasm, YouTube enthusiasm. Exactly, exactly. I've just I've just noticed um, I'm looking at his his record just to kind of um so first off he started his career at Quick 1888. So I don't know whether they're just all like it's like a club that marks itself out just by having little fast runners uh, make up their uh, their ranks. But also there's a mention that he made his debut for uh the Utrecht first team by replacing Erbie Emanuelson. So, um, wow, it's a Wednesday. There was, there's a deep, deep Wednesday tie to this young man's career. Do you so? There's been, there's been a bit of debate about who's making these signings, where these signings are coming from, hmm. and a, there's almost a temptation from people, I think, because Amadou Paxiao is the baddie by and large in the narrative of modern day Wednesday. There's almost a temptation people seem to have to kind of go, oh, we made a good signing. Well done, Darren Moore. Oh, we made a questionable signing. Bloody Pax, Paxiao getting his <laughs> fingers in there again. So, so like, I, 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 this one in a way does smack a little bit of some of those random players from abroad that we have seen previously potentially mm. but he is young seems to mm-hmm. be quick mm-hmm. um and yeah he seems to add an option in an area of the pitch where maybe we do need another option and takes that box of youtube enthusiasm that's youtube enthusiasm just one of the key things you're looking for on a signing nowadays mm-hmm. yeah interesting and so we've also seen some moves the other way which i feel like wednesday fans would broadly welcome and it's something i think we i wonder why we why we've been so slow to move in this in this sort of way but we've seen um alex hunt going out on loan to grimsby in the league below and Mm -hmm. ryan galvin going to um a conference is it conference league is he in the is in the top league that he's gone to I forgot that he's gone to Gloucester. Is it one of the Conference South or Conference North? I think whichever. it might be, yeah. Where, where the hell is Gloucester, Rich? Well, the thing is, yeah, North and South is very relative, I think, in that regard. Oh, he's only on gone for one month. Mm-hmm. But I think they said that um, that is um, as it stands, right? That's like initial as, one month. Okay. Line. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I don't think most I say it's relative because I think people in London think the North starts in Watford and, you know, maybe mm. push Northampton, you know, it's in the name. But I would say probably for most people in the rest of the country, or we would, I would say that the North starts north of Birmingham. You know, you've got to be above the Midlands and therefore Gloucester is not the North, but Gloucester are in the National League North. I would say kind of above Derbyshire, effectively. Yeah, I think that's that's probably where I'd go as well if I was drawing my. I put that in the middle, but the waistband I think is probably somewhere a little bit south of there. Mm-hmm. You know, sitting on the hips of the uh, of the UK. 
but any, any thoughts there really on on those two and there i'm i'm really glad we're going through with the prospects of um getting these players out on loan getting some experience and um seeing if they can develop a football career career whether it's at sheffield wednesday or whether it's elsewhere you know there's a certain kind of care and i i think they're of a certain level where they're definitely players to go out and be tested at that level so definitely for galvin and and hunt as well who are two of our more promising youngsters are still in the books at sheffield wednesday blue chip prospects exactly yeah blue chip prospects. <laughs> i don't really know what it means but yeah uh just to correct myself mm. um because pedantry is what podcasts are driven by um grimsby are, are in the national league they got relegated from league two last season so it's, mm-hmm. it's not the league it's two leagues below us mm-hmm. but i'm really glad particularly alex hunt i'm really pleased to see him getting out on loan mm-hmm. uh because i think we've we've really strengthened in his area of the pitch uh, i think i'd like to see probably on, on what we've seen of both players i'd probably like to see a bit more of fizeo dali bashiru in those moments when we're going to get a chance to kind of pop a youngster in there i think i'd rather it be him than alex hunt just because they're they're quite different sorts of players uh so the fact that he can get out and hopefully just play you know play as many games as possible really at, at um at a lower level i think um i think that can it can only be good for him really and he, he looks so young i know that's just a sort of facial thing and, and you you know he'll probably look young all his all his days but i think he just needs to lose that sort of little boy feel to him and 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 sort of it would be nice to see him you know go down to the national league and and maybe come back having grown into himself a little bit more you know um yeah go down go down to go to grimsby and come back a man as uh as many before him have <laughs> is this because they're youth loan type things is that the, the the idea with this one month thing i think we've had that in the past uh i think that's the idea i think that's the expectation did you also see the stuff about luke jackson in the local media as well i've seen bits and pieces but film me fill me in on the on the full picture uh there was some confusion because i think a lot of people kind of expected i think even there was an announcement that luke jackson our young goalkeeper who previously we mentioned does have a squad number but uh wasn't uh wasn't the young goalkeeper that oh, we thought it was okay. and josh render um has a squad number they actually came out on the official website and said um i think there was actually an announcement that uh yeah luke jackson was going to go on loan right but then nothing came of it then nothing came of it um basically it was announced by geesley geesley Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those people, AFC, <laughs> that they confirmed to join with a one-month loan, but they since scrapped the story. So basically, I think they seem to look into the situation like the local media and said that uh, Jackson had managed to kind of fall a little bit awkwardly. So they thought they'd kind of go ahead yeah. and kind of assess him before sending him out. I guess the interesting thing there is knowing that we've probably got a recall clause on Dawson. I imagine that's it. We've got a recall clause on Dawson expecting Jackson to be the third goalkeeper at Sheffield Wednesday. I guess if that goes ahead, we kind of operate with two, I guess. We operate with uh, BPF and Wildsmith. Yeah. And I guess if anything happens, then we yank one of us back to uh, to sit on the bench. And he, he is a yank as well. Is Lou Jackson? <laughs> I believe 
I believe he's uh, he's American. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so it sounds like basically, yeah, he's he's tweaked something, and as long as he kind of responds to treatment, the the the, the move will go ahead as planned. But for the time being, they're rather sensibly waiting it out to see uh, to see that he comes back okay. Which, yeah, you know, fair dues to them. We've pushed ahead with signings that I don't know how they managed to pass medicals previously. So it's nice to see somebody being sensible and um, taking their time over things, not just acting in a mad hurry all the time. Um, anything else news-wise? Oh, those are the big things, just a, kind of an unexpected signing. And I think, as you said, like, there's still kind of an expectation that people are, you know, there could be more signings to come, which is just incredible. I just, I feel like the squad is... I think, in my opinion, is pretty close to being done. It's nice to have another yeah. wide option and Sal coming in. Um, there's also the rumours about uh, Forrest being interested in Liam Palmer. Oh, yes. That's yes. something that's uh, that's kind of popping up again. I'd really hate to see Liam Palmer go. I know. Um, yeah, because that's sort of... I suppose that's one of the things that one of those wide options might end up filling in at being a left-back or being a left-wing-back more often if uh, if Palmer were to go. But, I yeah, I hope there's nothing in it, really, because he's been such a great servant to the club and I think we would miss him more than... I know he's sometimes a bit of a whipping boy for the uh, the boo boys at the club, but I think we he's one of those players that we would miss more than uh, people expect, you know, once... Mm. Uh, once it happens, which is interesting, he sort of one of the things that happened with Jack Hunt. Really, I think generally people were quite kind of uh, well, a, 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 a proportion of the fan base were fairly happy to see the back of Jack Hunt, and then we didn't really have anything like a like for like replacement for him. No, uh, and some of our attacking play, I think, really suffered as a result of, of losing mm-hmm. him. And you know, people probably discounted his uh his contributions to that end of the pitch more often than not. So, yeah, intriguing. Do you think with that, with Hunt leaving, uh, you know, initially, that kind of made more of a target for Palmer? Because Palmer was not particularly good getting forward. Uh, You know, previously, initially as a wingback, his attacking play left a lot to be desired, which seemed seemed weird considering that, you know, he's effectively a converted centre mid. And... you know, seems to you know be quite quite comfortable and quite decent on the ball. Well, I, I, yeah, I think he'd been kind of a box to box type, really, and in, in, when he was coming through the ranks, mm. um, yeah, I, I suppose there's it's not just being comfortable though on the ball, is it? When you're when you are a defender, your your mind has got to be on risk mitigation. <laughs> pretty much all the time, hasn't it? I guess uh, so, yeah. And, that's, yeah, that's and that point. probably holds you back in an attacking sense because you're mm. sort of like, well, the further I push forward, the bigger a, a door I'm leaving open behind me. And uh, mm. I don't know how wonderful his recovery pace is at, at all times, uh, Palmer. Um, but, I mean, it seems to have, like, I think the past kind of few seasons, we've really seen him being kind of really grown into that level of comfort. Oh, yeah in that kind yeah. of position and in that a that position but b also the positions you get into in that position yeah his positioning's been fantastic i think sadly his composure has been the thing that more often than not's been slightly underwhelming 
you know, he's been in positions to score goals. Mm. Um, I know he added one more to his uh, his tally, um, but uh, <laughs> he really he really could have had several several more of that than the, than the mm. two he's got. Um, if if uh, if he was a bit more together in those those big moments, I, I but, guess there's a link to from this point we're talking about here to make a very kind of awkward little segue here for you, Ridge. Yeah. Um, I think the thing I kind of think about, especially with Sheffield Wednesday, you know, we signed Jaden Brown. We wondered mm. whether Ryan Galvin was going to kind of mature into a, um, a first yeah. team choice or option for left back, and that hasn't really materialized. That hasn't really materialized for a bunch of our youngsters. I mean, I'm glad they're going out and getting experience and finding if, you know, they can kind of push their footballing career further, whether it's with Sheffield Wednesday or elsewhere. So, you know, I'm, I'm happy for the news yeah. of those two departures and the nearly third one for loan, loan time, which is really good. Yeah. Um, the thing I will say about that, though, does it, does it speak to Liam Palmer's versatility that he can definitely be is our option for a left back right now or is that still just a damnation of a decent left back because i i feel it it kind of becomes like a glass half full glass half empty depending on who you ask like yeah because that's i mean not to talk uh, to sort of step on the toes of today's game too much but the, the there are drawbacks to having a right footed player play left back mm. but then the things that Palmer brings to that position he is generally quite a calm cool head he's got a decent turn of pace he reads the game he reads the game fairly well he's fairly strong you know like the, he's kind of I, I think across the board he's a slightly above average player in so many areas that that's what adds to his versatility um and I think we, we've described him before on the podcast as a kind of seven out of 10 guy, you know, reliably putting in decent shifts for the, for the side in lots of different positions. So it's intriguing whether that's the, the plan long-term for Palmer to play left-back. It seemed to be the plan under Bruce, if, you, if we can remember that far back. That seemed to be mm-hmm. Bruce's first choice back four involved Palmer at left-back. Uh, so that might be that might be the preferred option. I also the 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 well uh, <laughs> this definitely is stepping on the toes of today's game. But the most surprising thing to me was seeing Andre Green start again today, and I don't know how much more is trying to balance things by being fair to the the players that that. The, the older players, you know, giving them their chance to kind of stake a claim. Um, and then before rotating them out of things that it, it, as, and, you know, as and when it, it, it's necessary. Because um, of I'm course not, saying I, that, I mean, the interesting thing is, and the, the really hilarious thing that kind of comes when we talk about players and options, as I mentioned, players wing options before, mm-hmm. um, I'd completely forgotten about Shadipo. And also, uh, as you picked up on me, I completely forgot about Josh Wittas as well. <laughs> so it's easy to kind of forget about players when they're not yeah. there, when they're not kind of, you know, seemingly fit and available. Like, it, it, the funny thing is kind of said, like, you know, it's Darren Moore was saying, I think, in the pre-match, saying, well, it's a clean bill of health. And it's kind of like, well, yeah. well, you've apart from Patterson and 
apart from Windass yeah. and apart yeah. from Shadipo. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. you mean apart from the players that are injured, it's cleaned all up? <laughs> yeah, everyone's completely fit apart from the injured players. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. But like uh, you know, I think Patterson starting the first game is one of those where you're like, okay, is that the plan long term? We have signed a player and given them a number nine shirt. So Mm. is it that Gregory is the first choice, but we're just sort of working our way to establishing that? Or regardless of shirt numbers, is uh, you know, I think there's a lot of questions to be answered over the over the coming months. which is quite a nice place to be because I think players are, ju- are going to have to play for their position and, and earn their right to a shirt, which I think for too many positions for Wednesday over the last three, four years, that's just not been the case. You know, you, you've got the shirt because you're the one that, <laughs> you're the one player in your position that's fit and, and, uh, and able. Mm. Um, but that, that does very much, I would say is very much the former of those two options that you said, like, we're waiting until these players get fit enough to play the position we think that they should be playing, which I think is a starting position. We do have competition. I mean, if Patterson goes on an absolutely incredible run of form, who are any of us to besmirch him, you know? Yes. The kind of mock number nine spot, or whatever (laughs) the heck he's going to play for Sheffield (laughs) Wednesday. But, you know, it it feels that way, like there's so many players we've got through the door and it's like, well, they haven't really had a chance to, you know, the real surprise, I think, has been seeing as much of Canberra as we've had, knowing that he's a player who I think when he came off the bench against Charlton last week, barely trained, you know, it was was pretty much a situation. Yeah, I've come out of I've come out of my quarantine from coming over to sign. I think he saves two days. They've been yeah. Thursday. He'd got out of the quarantine hotel. It's pretty wild. Presumably, there's something similar going on with uh, Silla Sow as well. Yes. Um, Yeah. Um, So yeah, in terms of uh, so to kind of I suppose to sort of close off things with Palmer, I'd be I'd be very sad if Palmer goes. Mm, Me too. But I'm also, I also wouldn't be huge, you know, if we decide over time that, say, Brown is a better left back or Gibson is a better left back, then that wouldn't hugely surprise me. And it also wouldn't, I wouldn't, Mm. I wouldn't be sad to see Palmer go back to being our kind of first choice centre back on the bench kind of thing either. Um, Although that's quite, you know, it's not a great position for him personally. No. Uh, um, no, it's the, I think the sad nature, and I think that probably comes and brings us into like, like the lineup news today, like the nature of having such a big squad is that you're going to have players who miss out. Like I was disappointed to not see, I was really hoping Gregory would start. Yeah. You know, again, I think the situation is, I'm curious who's seeing what and who's also for the level of maybe that's a slightly better thing that Moore is not being quite as knee jerk as we yeah. think maybe he should be. That's probably a sign of a better kind of temperament and management. You know, the slow, methodical and uh, meditational chewing of his toggles that Darren Moore has when he looks <laughs> over this team is something, something, something to be something to be revered and celebrated. But again, thanks to that. I mean, 
I was disappointed to not see Corbinell start. And he was nowhere in the he wasn't even in the squad. Exactly. Today. That's yeah, Corbino's out of the squad altogether. So's Deli Bashiru. Yep. Uh, who we mentioned previously. Um but then I, that's gonna be the nature of things with the, with this. It's, like it, it's it almost becomes an odd blessing to see players get injured or players have niggles because then it gives and that will happen. Yeah. I mean, that already has happened to a certain degree, right? But uh, I don't know, maybe, you know, we hope that it doesn't happen enough to... But, I mean, the upside of that is that you get to see some of the many, many wonderful signings that we've signed. Well, the, I suppose that's the thing, isn't it? Like, some people thrive under that pressure of, mm. I have... This is my start, so I've got to make an impression. Mm. And some people shrink under that pressure. Uh, so we'll find out who the shrinking violets are and we'll find out who the people who uh, sort of really stamp their authority, mm. stamp their claim on things are um, over time. But it's nice to have options. It's, it yeah. seems strange to be in a position where we've got technically less players than we had last. You know, if, if we've let 16 go and we've got 12, 13 in. But yeah, we still feel we have more options. Right. Now it feels like we've got options everywhere. And last season, it felt like we didn't have anybody. Mm. And it was all bad options. You know, the first team were the best players. It just felt like almost every change we made weakened us. Mm. Um, and it was obviously a time where you could make more subs. So the opposition weren't in that position more often than not. So we got weaker as, as the game went on and, and they got better. Mm. And today, what we were able to do this is jumping miles ahead, but th th those are three very good changes we were able to make today. And I don't remember the last time we were in, in a position to be able to do that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd, I'd really like Brown from last week. I think maybe as a, you know, he could possibly be a little bit unlucky, a little bit unfortunate, but I mean, the positive side of that is I think Marvin Johnson is a better suited player for that position. So it was good to see him start. Um, the big kind of question for me is, which I'll kind of come on to whether I'm proven correct or proven incorrect with this one, proven wrong. <laughs> okay. Andre Green, him starting, especially after pretty, not a particularly good game against Charlton, I must say, that was providing him with the platform to repay the faith. Because it's, it's eight players that were the same as the starting 11 from last week mm. oh, no nine players that were the same as the starting 11 from last right. week. right okay yeah the surprising one of those was green and then mm. Canberra started obviously because because of patterson uh, and, and brown who replaced shadipo is replaced with johnson yeah yeah mm. but i was also i was surprised to see green getting another chance because i thought he had a fairly underwhelming first game and yes. we do have presumably you know we've got players chomping at the bit really to get involved in that midfield um but i i am starting to feel quite you know that does feel like a nice the the back four feels like it could develop into a very solid unit peacock farrell um continues sort of a, a, you know adds another good showing to his uh yeah yeah 
he hosts Leicester rather, rather, rather good performances. Really earned the pims. Pims are cropped <laughs> after this one, chapos. <laughs> excellent, excellent, excellent. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm uh, to kind of just jump ahead, maybe. I, I think that's probably like the end of, like, I've been really happy with the how settled the defence is looking. Yeah, and then you've got a midfield that I think are, it's not perfect, but I think you can see the beginnings of some really interesting options in between those three players if they, as they get more time to gel together and um, and, and build together. But it, it, it's nice to have a bit of consistency there. I mean, the, the, the worry with having lots of new signings is you just end up, it almost becomes like, you know, shuffle on Spotify and... Um, you know, you're just sort of spiralling through things, not without much sense to it. But the mm. idea that we have a fairly solid, like, okay, these guys are going to get picked more often than not. And then it's a couple of changes or a couple of tweaks. Um, wingers by their nature are tend to be fairly kind of transient and um, mercurial in their ways. Uh, so having different options to, to, to swap in and out there is, is useful. Um, but I, I, you can potentially, I think, we'll probably add a centre forward to that list of players that are going to start if they're fit more. You know that that's going to be the the first choice. So you're looking at a fairly solid, probably nine out of those positions. But yeah, as as we touched on, Green Green was the the surprise for me getting a, a, another yeah. try at yeah. things. Um, Johnson was a, was given a start. On, on that opposite flank and what did so the first half was in I think we're going to see a lot of football like the first half of this game yeah and that's fairly inconsequential but lots of like it's really hard work to kind of have such a, <laughs> a half where so little happens but both teams are working really really hard to make sure nothing happens to close down spaces to um to keep shape I really noticed particularly the defense um trying you know trying desperately hard to keep their shape um and not getting dragged off into into other positions and, and leaving gaps behind them uh, very often uh, obviously there's a touch of pre you straight from pre-season into the season and they they've had whatever six weeks of being drilled into uh, into keeping that shape but um I think at times it was fairly impressive to see just how well, how well they help at, and the idea seems to be that other players come back then and help out defensively, so that we don't end up breaking that structure. Um, and if that holds up, that's that's a pretty um, seems a pretty good way to work things as well. There'll be tougher tests <laughs> mm. for them defensively, but. Yeah, so I mean, so they, they, there's a bit of role reversal here, Luke. So I am not pretentious enough to sit at the game and make minute by minute notes. <laughs> so I can um, I can sort of feed into things and and uh, sort of add uh, maybe add a little bit uh, of perspective here and there. But do you want to kind of do you have do you have some sort of do you have some events listed? I do, though it, it was a little bit. Um... It's a little bit kind of patchy here um, in terms of like I remembered and recalled also when you get to see some footage, Rich, of some live 
League One matches, you will enjoy the swanky new League One replay graphics, which they're using. Ooh. We could also have, to have some some kind of live uh, editing that was some a little bit suspect. Uh, <laughs> that was a good moment on the fourth. We got the corner, and then they actually they went to replay it, and then they curtailed it to actually go back to the action, which was a good work. Okay, that was the one where Lewis Wing took a really long corner to the back stick, and I think it was Iorfa who kind of tried to kind of take a first bite of the cherry by heading, and then it bobbled, and oh, then yeah. it kind of plonked it straight at the Donny keeper. Yeah. That was the first thing I kind of noted. I, I noted that it was, it was a pretty frantic-paced game for those yeah. kind of opening. Definitely. So, so <laughs> what did you think? think i'm just in, i'm intrigued and i'm sorry i'm skipping ahead a little bit but what did you think of andre green particularly the first half i can't really remember because i i want to say overall i think i was quite impressed with andre green as a whole you know i, I thought it was a game of a lot of strong decent performances and i thought that green was green was good largely and he he he, uh, he sort of won um he won that free kick well and bravely um, on the edge of their box, which produced the yellow card. Actually, his chance, I'm, I'm saying first half, but his his best chance was in the second, wasn't it, I think? That was the one, yeah. Yeah, when he kind of hit, it came off the keeper's, he, he sort of beat the keeper, but the key, he hit the keeper's body kind of thing. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, well, let's let's kind of get onto that yeah, kind sorry. of, uh, within the order of which we're going through. Yes, Apologies. No worries. Uh, Wing did some great work in the middle to win the ball in the 18th. You know, he fed it to Baz, who won that free kick 30 yards out. I think that was one of the ones yeah. which Bannon fired over. Bannon absolutely just wanged it over pretty much, didn't he? He he did. He did. He seemed to take all of the, the free kicks. Is that right? Yeah, no, because there was a second one, which we can kind of come on to when we get yeah. to it. But just to jump ahead to that you know it was basically and on the commentary where rob o'neill and john pearson they're like oh i think wing's gonna take this one and then bannon just stepped up and then killed it over from a different you know angle and slightly different much approach. closer to that second one it was it was but still it was a bit like why are we oh barry why are we letting you take free kicks it's uh but maybe it's... i'm thinking it's a bit like an m night shalaman you know i think it's signs sure it's jacqueline phoenix you know Swing Jacqueline, away. Swing Jacqueline, away. Jacqueline Phoenix. Jacqueline Phoenix. <laughs> My name's Jacqueline Phoenix. This is a um, a limmy. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. I'm glad I you lost the best three years of my life to heroin. <laughs> and the next three years on the methadone designed to get me off it. But no, the whole, you know, swing away. So maybe all of those free kicks were sighters. That when he had the moment for uh, skipping ahead, spoiler alert for you know what I, this weird dance that we do here, but for the goal, you know maybe the fact he'd had those two previous efforts from a similar range just meant he had his eye in when it when it mattered. Maybe so. Maybe so. Speaking of promising, sh- speaking of great shots, I mean uh, Barlow for Donny, he had a shot in the 18th minute, looked absolutely destined for the top corner. Mm. And like I, I, I was really impressed with. I think overall, I think Donny looked a very good side. But I definitely within that pomp of the first half, it seemed like we really lost control of any kind of fabric from the game from twenty minute through to fortieth, pretty much kind of solidly. 
there was a large chunk of the first half which i would say looked very donna donna rovers shaped and yeah. um great long ball forward and then he just cuts inside to let fly yeah they look they were looking at a really decent side it was a nice that kind was, of start that from that, that was a good effort yeah they also i can't quite remember where it fell time wise but um it was kind of like an inside out ball that found i think kuka in the box yes that's the one where he kind of lunge stepped it forward and then yeah. kind of put over the bar yeah and that seemed like that seemed like a, that that was the only moment i think in the game that i think felt like a real let off for wednesday yeah like, i thought was... they looked a very decent side i thought they played it around very well you know they seem to expand and kind of uh shift the ball around john bostock surprisingly having a really good game for them he looked a player today didn't he i mean we, people were pretty horrified at being linked with him in this uh, this summer but but he <laughs> seemed to be kind of a deep line playmaker though mm. you know which which yeah. was kind of strange going on seemed to be the kind of seemed to be salterers as like a number 10 you know in the hole kind of just outside the box player so it's interesting to see him playing there for Donny. It looks really, really good, I must say. Yeah, and then I thought both their wingers looked decent as well. They did indeed, but that that was the only moment that I felt that like they really carved us open. Yeah, I must say. Actually, there was another chance. Actually, they had, which was I think it was a smart stop from Peacock Farrell. Um, yeah, but they just looked like they were really had the the game in between their teeth, and then it was just I. I you know, we I think we're very blessed with uh, the nature of the halftime coming when it did, and the ability to get in and make a yeah. kind of few kind of tweaks. And I think that was that was a big thing that seemed to kind of shine through from Moore's kind of post match interview today. He seemed to seem to kind of comment on basically the need to just kind of push like five meters up the field on Doncaster, but we didn't have yeah, a control of the first first half at all. Um, what do what else was there? There was that thing. Um, Green had a very short cross for Canberry, but it was just kind of oh, like yes. stood up a bit too high. Yeah, a bit too high, wasn't it? And then the Donny keeper kind of claimed that one. I thought we were a little bit fortunate with some of the officials because on the 39th minute, I thought we we got some benefits. Uh, Johnson seems to be very good at winning some soft free kicks. Um, he picked one from a ball from Baz. <laughs> and I just noticed yeah. that hopefully Baz doesn't take the free kick. Andy, Andy fucking does Tosh again. <laughs> but I think it was really just that that was kind of only really what we we kind of had chance-wise. And then coming into the end death of that first half, that was the decent save from Belly Peacock Farrell. So that was the second point. And yeah. it was Bostock cycling it out. Yeah. And uh, they kind of worked it across. And then in on the angle, the player had a, you know, a, sh a sharp shot at the near post. And BPF got down pretty well to kind of push it away. It's the sort of one, in fact, uh, Brentford, their first goal against Arsenal was was a similar sort of range. I think I came through bodies, so it was a bit harder for the goalkeeper. But that sort of sharp, quick finish, low to the, key, you know, the near post can cause keepers a fair bit of trouble. But yeah, he dealt with it really well. Um, very no nonsense from uh, from from Peacock Farrell. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's interesting. I, so I I think I probably wasn't as impressed. I thought I thought Bostock stood out, and I thought the wingers looked decent. Uh, sure, I, I sure. don't think we were helped 
probably our game. It felt like our game plan was to go down the flanks first half, and I don't think we did it particularly well. Um, but it mm. also left the fullbacks exposed. So I thought Palmer and Hunt really struggled first half. Um, and that's where a lot of their openings sort of seemed to come from, or at least that's that's how they kind of like worked worked their way further up the field against us and then um, tried to come through the middle. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It was interesting. I also thought I was, I was trying to work out what Adoniran's job was first half. Cause I thought our midfield three, I don't know. It just wasn't, it wasn't clicking. And maybe it was the fact that if, if, if Moore's talking about the fact that we were too deep, maybe they were just, there's just too much ground for them to to cover because obviously pushing up sort of um, compacts the midfield. Um, so maybe that was it. But I thought it just felt like wing was too deep and it felt like Adoniran was having to defend all the time and wasn't able to get on the ball or he was always seemed to be out of position when we were on the ball. So, yeah, there just was a few things that just didn't quite click first half. But... As you say, Donny did a good job of making us feel fairly uncomfortable, but thankfully, defensively, we were pretty solid and didn't give them many chances. Mm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I thought it was a very um, commanding performance and the uh, the centre-back pairing from Iorfa and Hutchinson. I remember in the first half, Iorfa did like a diving defensive header, which I was really impressed with. wasn't yeah. something I noted down, but uh, again, I... Those two seem to be looking to develop quite a formidable partnership. And then I think the other partnerships that kind of come alongside with having Hunt and Palmer and those, if that's an established back five, then I'm, I'd be very happy if we if we see a lot of them for the majority of the season, really. Yeah, I think um, <laughs> the only danger is I offer is so... I, I mean, but I think in flashes, you see that Bannon is... A step above this level, but mm. I offer is so far. I I think I've I've really got no doubt. I offer is probably a Premier League level centre back. I think the danger is he he's almost it's he's finding it so easy at the moment in League One that he's almost I don't know like he's almost trying to be too clever and too like. It, it, if if there are mistakes that come from my offer at this level, it will be from him getting a little bit um, full of himself, I think. Because mm. <laughs> there was a moment second half where they just sort of headed it. It was, a, it was just a long header from their centre-back. And he knew that his man next to him was offside. So he sort of waited for the offside to be given. And because it wasn't, he didn't go and get the head. He could have just headed it straight back, basically, or taken or chested it down or whatever. But because he was just, I don't know, because he felt like he knew what was going on in the situation, he let it go over his head, waiting for the offside to be wrong. And obviously the man next to him sort of played him a little bit and just didn't move. And it meant that the one of their other players, one of the wide players, was then able to run in behind and get on the ball. And like it, it ended up giving them a, a half chance and it was just it was almost just from I offer being trying to be a bit too cute I think he did manage to close down the chance of it in the end because he's so quick and strong um that people just crumble around him <laughs> uh but 
I just it was one of those moments where you're like this there could be a bit of Icarus about uh, about Big Dom in this league because it is it's pretty easy meat for the boy. He's just so athletic and st- he's so quick and so strong. <laughs> he can just do whatever he likes. So half, t- I mean, does that take us to half time? That's pretty much it for half time. Yeah, I wanted to kind of ask you and just kind of check in with you what your thoughts were for your uh, first 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 half at Hillsborough. First half at Hillsborough. And uh, and goodness, how long? I know. Well, somehow they've got slower at serving people. That was that was the first thing I noticed when I got in. Uh, it's incredible how how slowly you can just you can hand somebody a a bottle of Carling <laughs> and still look and look surprised every time that you need to take the lid off. But I got in just as just as people were uh, were high hoeing, uh, so that was great to to be part of once again. Um, I, yeah, I thought I, I think probably shared similar thoughts. I, I thought. They sh- maybe shaded the first half. Um, certainly, they'd had the best chance. I thought that 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 sort of volley, although he was stretching, I think that will be one of those where when he watches the tape back, he'll be a bit annoyed that he didn't know quite how good the chance was for him because I don't think he needed to take it. I think he probably could have controlled the ball or tried had, to control it and had a second to uh, get and, something uh, yeah. off. Yeah. Um, so I think he'll. I think he will probably be frustrated watching that back that he didn't do better with it. So that that was definitely the best chance of the of the of the half. So I guess the difficult thing of looking over this is like I thought they were a decent side. I thought they played around well. I thought they played expansively. They had some good moves. Yeah, you know, Boston did well for them. Yeah, I agree with you for the wingers. Maybe a bit of a letdown in the striker departments. The rest of them seem kind of like, you know, a team cobbled together from kind of journeyman league one to play in a fairly decent kind of outfit and, and mentality. So I think that's impressive. Uh, I think I was also listening to Praise of Grumble after the game that you did. And they had a Donny fan who said, I think we were worth a point. Nonsense. I don't know. Nonsense. I don't know. I think we were the team who looked like we could expand and get going with the pace of it and look dangerous. And I never felt that from Doncaster. So no, I don't think you can ever look at a game like this and say, oh, we played some nice stuff. QED, we deserve points from this. Yeah. You know. Well, the, we the game was a Radio Sheffield because Radio Sheffield have to make it sound even. <laughs> Maybe that was the case. Yeah. There <laughs> seems to be a lot of criticism. I think you may have heard it from them to say they seem to be a little bit frustrated with their ownership and not splashing the cash on some signings. I heard a bit of that, yeah. Yeah, and they seemed that uh, apparently they were a bit under strength. They only put like six subs as opposed to seven. That always cried me a river. You, there's mm. youth team players you could have put on that bench. Don't be mm. silly. And now we're going back to the normal of only three subs, which isn't terrible. I guess the no. interesting thing, the thing that I didn't capture from last week was, and one thing I want to bring up was, so we only made two subs last week, of which one was a could well have been a concussion substitute which were allowed yeah. to have two. So we could have made four substitutes last week. I was frustrated last week we didn't make more changes, you know, to try and see if we could get something out of that last week. Yeah. Hmm. Intriguing. I, I, hadn't, I hadn't picked that up at the time. Mm. Yeah, I thought I thought it was interesting. Though. The, th- the funny thing, though, is that they were moaning, the Donny fans, saying, oh, we've only got frees and loans. They don't. They won't spend on transfer fees. Well, I, I was laughing at that as well because I think that's the fabric for 
a lot of football clubs. Yeah, but I mean, you know that signing free transfers is just as valid. And mm. you can, quite often you can get a better player as a free player than you would, you know, buying someone. Mm. Uh, weird. Anyway, yeah, I t- what an odd... What an odd existence it must be to be a Donny fan, really. <laughs> <laughs> and again, a team who I thought looked decent today, and I think, oh, this should be okay. But, you know, they're probably hurting from the fact that they've got zero from six right now. You know? Yeah. I don't know. But then it's it's early days, so I who knows? You know? The thing is, it's that tactical fouling thing, because I was moaning about that with um, with the game last week. But, like, they got their, their yellow cards in that were all well earned, you know. Like that, the one that Rowe took was he was blocking Green from running straight through on goal, and the one that Noyle took, the other the other uh, winger, Johnson was through on goal. I, I mean, I, I think there's an argument that that could have been a red. Mm. He's only probably. I mean, they're quite far out. That was the Bannon free kick that was very close. Um, to hitting the top corner. So I, I know that they were kind of all the way out past the kind of the, 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 the semicircle at the edge of the area. But, I mean, really, he's hoiked him down because he's lost him mm. and it would have been one-on-one with the goalkeeper, wouldn't it? Yeah. So yeah. I think he was fairly lucky to maybe only get a yellow in that position. And, and those two, so those are two yellow cards that are blocking clear goal-scoring opportunities. And I think... Yeah, I, I, I just don't, I don't buy that there was anything here for uh, for Donny today. I don't think they were good enough. I don't think they showed enough cutting edge. They no. looked all they look a decent unit, but no. But that's, I, I think maybe that's more of a, sorry, I think that's more of a commentary about football fans where it's like yeah. we can stroke it around and look nice, so therefore we've played well. Yeah, but it's still a game about scoring more goals than the opposition. It's and they didn't yeah and i mean they can look okay in that but then if they're not bothering the gold mouth then there's no there's effectively no point really no yeah so um, yeah i had to yeah i think that kind of sums up the umbrage i took with that comment yeah. <laughs> take up the umbrage speaking of uh actually having shots on target should we go into the second half and on the 49th minute only only when lewis wanged it Oh, what a shot that was. It was a very, very decent effort. It was one of those where the keeper, I think, was almost being a bit lackadaisical about it and then <laughs> had, had to sort of panic to make sure uh, with it because, yeah, it was... Um, so you're saying that a little bit like little Ralphie Wiggum where if you uh, play in freeze frame, you can see the moment when his heart breaks. <laughs> if you uh, freeze frame the the, uh, the Donny keeper's, uh, is it Pontius Dahlberg's face? You can see the moment when he actually thinks, "Oh shit, I've got to, I've got to do when something about this." He pulls his pants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, <laughs> uh, um, no, that was that was a lovely effort. Uh, I, he's a he's an interesting character, his wing, because he's big and strong, and sometimes looks so commanding, mm. and then other times. He's just frustratingly non-committal. It's a bit just strengths a little, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think, I think we saw, we can see the moments where, that are going to be his. And obviously, that was a really good chance. It, you know, he's very close to, to to making that count. 
But I thought when we were sort of when we were playing well, when we were coming forward, that's where you start to see the best of of wing. And I thought we were a very different side once we got a goal, and and him more so than anybody really being a part of that um, that change. Uh, it was very nice to see. He he had a lot of good touches uh, after after we after we went ahead. So a delectable, um, delicious shot. The opposite came with the coverage, which they basically went, oh, we're not going to play the the highlight of this because it looks like, you know, Bannon's going to take the corner. Bannon took the corner and it was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, and then they went back and replayed the corner. And I'm like, no, it's not what I want to see. So eventually they did show the shot again, which is fantastic. I'm sure I'll have to just uh, wait until the highlights come out and I can have a nice chomp down, chew down on that again, because it was <laughs> that was a great hit from... From uh, from Lewis Wang. Lewis Wang. Mm. And Good then stuff. Lewis Wang in the thick of things three minutes later with, um, you know, a, a foul on Wednesday, pretty kind of inconsequential. But Lewis mm. Wang, incredibly sharp, incredibly on it, gets the ball down, strokes it out into green and acres of space. Yeah. Green kind of runs down, jinxes his way beautifully uh, past the fullback who kind of overcommit himself running in one direction. Yeah. Did so well to go to the space. Wondered how good his finish was. That kind yeah. of looked a bit direct at the keeper, I want to yeah. say. So you were saying the keeper, because I, I couldn't tell from my angle. I didn't know whether it looked like it was direct down the keeper's throat, but I didn't know whether it was, I thought it was kind of covered, come back and then cleared aside from one of the onrushing kind of Donny center back, I think it would have been. Yeah. You're saying actually went off the keeper. I, I mean, I have to, have to. My distinct memory is it coming off his off the keeper's ribs, and I suppose then it's then it's how much do you? Because obviously, being a keeper in that situation, you're just trying to make yourself big and and harder to to harder to beat. Um, so that's why I was sort of saying like he almost kind of missed it because it he didn't really do anything with his hands or his feet to save it. It just kind of like cannoned off his 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 body but he gets himself in the position to do it he's made himself big and you know like he's made the angle what uh heart etc but i thought i mean it was a very tight angle from green maybe he should maybe he could or should have cut back but i don't know that anybody was there supporting him either to be honest no well he was so kind of far away from the rest of his teammates right it just seems to be wing and green on that wavelength and they were just uh yeah on a on a free kick tip <laughs> no i like that re- i like that quick thinking because so often our free kicks are awful um and i do blame bannon for that quite often because he just wants possession um which i understand <laughs> i know why it's happening but uh it, it means that we don't some quite often we don't take those chances and it was nice to see wing and obviously the fair play to the ref for letting it run there um because if he'd been fussy, it wasn't exactly where the foul had taken place, but it is supposed to be favouring the attacking team, those situations. So, um, no, nice, nicely let it ran, run. Green did well to, to sort of cut inside and make the, make the chance for himself, but uh, tough, a tough finish, really. Mm. Yeah, I'd like to, I, I'm looking forward to seeing it back. Unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to see the highlights yet, but... Um, 
Yeah, it's interesting. So for Green, Green's obviously, I don't know if he had, uh, Green did play till the 70th minute. He wasn't one of the first ones to to come off. I think he had some really good moments. His best moments weirdly seem to be like running sideways. Um, <laughs> he seems really good at like running across the front of the box. Uh, and he had two or three really nice moments of that. One of them was was halted by a, a good sliding tackle that he kind of didn't fancy getting in, entwined with. But uh, yeah, I still don't, I, I remain a little bit unconvinced by mm. him. But I think he, if he gets to start the next game, I think he's kind of earned the position more than he did. I, I definitely think, yeah. Yeah, definitely in a much better position coming into the next game. Yeah. Whenever it seems to be. I'm, I'm curious what's going to happen midweek because I'm very aware that we have got a lot of players who haven't had any minutes and it's that's a quick, that is a quick turnaround time, which we probably won't get a lot of in this division thanks to, I think, things being spaced out of international breaks. So... Yeah, I'm curious if there's going to be like a wholesale change or if is it just going to be, in my mentality, I'd almost play like a kind of cup side against Fleetwood. And it's it's a league and it's important. It's a home game. But um, I think there's a lot of great players who, for us that we signed, who are not getting a run out, not getting the minutes. And I think what better time to do that than that? That's my mentality anyway. I mean, that's what I always do on FIFA and Pro Evo. Exactly, right? Yeah. <laughs> but then you also have the hidden advantage players. of being able to play them with the level of quality you play the other players because yes, you're controlling exactly. every single one of them. Yes. So until I mean, we get that technology... then controlling all of them in the same way. You know, we, we have to wait a bit longer for, uh, for Big Daz to uh, <laughs> chew on his toggles and get his P- uh, PlayStation controller in his hands. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I I think realistically you've got the 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 other kind of um orthodoxy in this position is that you uh you know if you win the game you keep your place so I think I think there's room for some changes because obviously we were we made three changes at nil nil so you can argue all three of the players that came off weren't involved in a win although obviously they did play for more than an hour of that win. Um, so th- there's, there's, there's room for <laughs> discussion and debate there. Mm. Uh, but but I, would, I would be hugely surprised if we don't see the, the majority of that team that finished playing the game. again. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 I mean, I, almost, I do tend to agree, you know, keeping people fresh and keeping uh, injuries down would happen if uh, if we didn't insist on playing the same eleven mm. uh, <laughs> twice in in four days, but it just isn't the done thing, and and so much of football is uh, is the done thing or not the done thing. Um, and if we lost, he would get absolute pelters for making all the changes. Yeah, yeah. Fifty um, ninth <laughs> minute, Palmer made an absolutely insane run that kind of mazed his way into the middle. You know, he kind of cy- they cycled it round, and then that was Bannon to Johnson down oh, on the yeah. wing. That's when he did it over, and Camberry probably with the best chance he's yeah. had for the last two games. Rose and headed it over in a true kind of very Sheffield Wednesday tall striker fashion. Straight at the keeper, but also straight over the keeper. That's the one, yeah. <laughs> Even if you'd hit the target with it, it would have been a bad shot. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. 
<laughs> and that was the last we saw from Florian Camberry. There was a he did enough early on in the first half to get his get a chant, which seemed to be a Forestieri song and really confused a lot of the people around me. <laughs> oh, oh, Florian Camberry is all this. Yes, right. Uh, maybe even Florian Camberry, like that. Um, but uh, yeah, like the, the the person in front of me sort of really looked around and were like, "Have you?" lost your mind uh, <laughs> no it must have been old florian canberry yeah that must have been it what what did but, you uh, think of canberry this game because that was that was the last thing he did on the pitch i don't remember a great deal of his play i remember a few <laughs> moments i think he looked okay but again i feel like i'm being generous by doing saying that like i'm going to be honest he is a mystery wrapped in a riddle wrapped in a question mark like he he looks surprisingly quick one second and then slow as a tugboat the next and then he'll be strong as an ox and then fall over his own feet under very little pressure he he looks composed and plays a really clever touch and then he flicks it straight out of play with no yes. need. Yeah. Like I, I cannot work him out. I he might be terrible, and he might be really good, or although probably he's somewhere in between, which is why we're constantly humming in between the two polars. <laughs> yeah. Posts, right? yeah. What's the um? What's the the Smith song? Oscillate wildly. Like yes. <laughs> he's. I just don't know because there was the that he had a good moment right towards the end of the first half where he got inside of uh, he absolutely played Williams and got the other the got goal side of him and you're like right he's just gonna charge at the goal now and have a really good chance and he just sort of seemed to like flip like almost do a cartwheel without his arms out. And I don't think Williams touched him enough to make that happen. I, I think it almost just spontaneously did some gym. It was really weird. And then he he did have it. He had like he was played through for a chance on his left foot. And I thought, oh, he's just going to just, I've you know, I've, I've seen the YouTube clips. What he does here is he'll just get a little toe to it. And Bob's your uncle. But he didn't get anywhere. He didn't get anywhere near kicking it because he just seemed to go so slow after it. I don't. I just don't know. And maybe we'll never know. I uh, <laughs> because it was sort of night and day when Gregory came on for him. I thought Gregory was working off scraps, but really looked like he really made a hearty meal of the scraps. It was like um, chopped. If you've ever seen that American <laughs> cooking show. Yeah. We've got three bits of corn, <laughs> a mushroom from last week, and a piece of bread. And he sort of fashioned it into some amazing French toast. Uh, <laughs> what did you think of Canberra? Yeah, I, well, I think I kind of said, I, I, you know, I, I thought he had some moments. And I think, I, yeah. you know, I said I, I could say he's being okay to be generous. But I was a little bit surprised of listening to Praise the Grumble and hearing some people speak very well of him. He had a really poor couple of moments where there was two throw-ins in quite quick succession, uh, second half, where it was thrown to his feet. It was thrown to his feet by Jack Hunt and then he missed Jack Hunt. 
And then he went over to the other flank for a throw in from Johnson and uh, off of Palmer and he missed Palmer. Um, and that, that happened within, I think that happened within about a five minute stretch where he just kicked the ball directly out of play under just no, there's no, with no need to um, twice in a row. <sighs> yeah. I mean, next time he gets on the um, away team couch to go away with Wednesday to wherever we're playing, you know, to whichever whichever DOS team we're going to play, you know, we're going to be going to be away at uh, going to be away at Morecambe or something like this. Maybe he could listen to Natasha Bedingfield's Unwritten and give himself a, a feeling, you know, a nice, you know, the you know the rest you can do the rest. The rest is unwritten, Florian. You know, very good. You know, but no I, and I, I definitely think there's a lot more to come from him. I just, I don't know what it is of, you know, it's not like I'm seeing any great early promise that I think is the seed to grow into, you know, the tree of a Sheffield Wednesday career. I just, I don't know. And I, it's early doors. So I'm fine to say that I'm going to hold judgment, but I'm definitely going to say from the last two games, this, this isn't it, Florian, you know, this isn't what we need from you. <laughs> I think there was a headline, maybe it was in the star, of um, something like, there's much more to him than just being a target man. And it's like, well, you'd hope so, because he is not a target man. <laughs> I think I know that much about him from watching him. I don't think he's a target man. Is that just said because he's tall? Is that the, is that the mentality? I mean, he's not even that tall. How tall is he? I don't I don't. I think he's, he's six foot plus, but... He doesn't look tall. He doesn't play tall. You know, like some people just like a bit Tom Lee's the world's smallest, tallest man. Yes. Yeah. Or even smaller, um, Kieran Lee, the six foot two Adonis. Kieran Lee is six foot two. No, but his uh, his thing on the uh, <laughs> his thing on the Wednesday his profile on the Wednesday website said for the longest time that he was. He was six two. It's been a, it was a running gag. Six, he is six two, by the way. Florian Cambry is six two as well. He's the same height as Kieran Lee actually is. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. But I I wonder what he might look like as a in in a partnership. I think he might be quite good. I think he likes. Yeah, to get, but we we're not get a space and try and work in behind. We don't seem to be playing with the formation to kind of afford such a thing right now, though. You know, like I'm really excited for the center mid free, whoever that is, whether it's, you know, right now it's uh, Bazban, Denden and uh, Lewis Wing, who I can't do the same thing that I've done for uh, Barry Bannon and <laughs> Dennis Wang-Wang. Wang Wang. But there will be different, you know, there will be other days. There will be, there's got to be an element of horses for courses. And so, yeah. And, uh, going to be games that we're chasing and maybe we do want to put two front men on and i wonder if playing alongside a gregory or a patterson we actually then see the best of canberry or canberry um but yeah i but then it just seems like we've got two lummoxes up front really he's not even a good lummox (laughs) not even a good lummox yeah So anyway, I was glad to see Gregory come on at that point. That was the 60th minute mark, the international yeah. international substitute hour. Uh, I was disappointed to see Johnson come off because I thought he was doing well, but I, I was there thinking I wondered if it was 
you know, a bit oh, of I, bit of tiredness. Honestly, I thought it was a good change. I, th- I, my jury, my my jury are out on the on Marvin Johnson. Really? Okay. I think I think he might be a lazy lazy boy. <laughs> Defensively. You mean he's a luxury reclining chair? Well, yeah, yes, yes, yeah. Chair magazine called him sit of the year. Sit of the year, yeah. I just noticed a trait in him, and I I remember Kenwin Jones used to have this, but you were allowed to do it if you're Kenwin Jones. But he <laughs> defensively, he has a look round before he does any running. He has a look round to see if somebody else is going to do it, and then he runs if nobody else is. And it's it caught us out twice. And he also let the ball run through him twice when he could have just stuck a foot out and stopped them. Yeah, I just, I worry about, I think he's a liability defensively and I didn't see enough offensively to make me think he was worth it. But there's still early, I'm not, you know, I'm not kind of, same with Canberra. I'm not, this is not the, the final verdict on any of these players, but early doors, I was a bit, my well monitor was was underpowered for 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 Marv, I've mm. got to say, and I thought I thought we saw Jaden Brown immediately have the sort of impact I, I would have liked. I, I would have liked to have seen from from Johnson, but maybe maybe he did the work. Maybe he did the hard work mm. and wore him out. I don't know. Brown is being a real surprise. Yeah, know. like I'm I'm really pleased with what I'm seeing from him. Yeah, I think the th- I think the. Th- He's a bit slower than I thought he was going to be, Johnson. And then his first touch, I thought, was a bit poor as well. Mm. I don't know. Is he a technician or is he a, is he a knock it past them and run around them? And I don't know that he's either particularly. He's either of those two things. Right. But Interesting. We'll see. we'll see. There's plenty of time. We'll, we'll get to know all the ins and outs of Marvin Johnson. Mm-hmm. 63rd minute, Lewis Wang, a judge to a foul Bostock. I said, never happened. Didn't That's happen. That's interesting. I did not think that was a foul at all. Because they made a fuss of it, Bostock, didn't they? Bostock made an absolute meal of it, yeah. Been murdered. Yep. And there was a nice free kick in a promising position. And then he rolled around enough that the ref gave it. Oh, there we go. You said three good changes. I mean, I like those two changes there, the first two. Then the next one comes to... Buyers for green was a strange one for me. A strange change, but a very effective. Okay. <laughs> I think the whole game change turned with buyers coming on. How so? That's when we started playing further forward. Mm. Buyers was moving the ball really quickly. I th- I liked a, a, Den- a, Den- a Deniran in the. Uh, I-, I thought he pushed up and replaced green really well. I mean, he's just got legs for days. So, Mm. I mean, pretty amazing to play an hour of a match as a pretty full-on midfielder and then get pushed out on the wing and and not look out of place, really. Um, He is is an impressive specimen. It's it's, it's Dennis Adoniran. I I just thought, yeah, I thought Byers just immediately, I felt there was a comfort and a confidence. He, He owned that kind of, 
position just in front of the back four, and that meant that Wing and Bannon could play further forward and not worry as much about mm. what they had to do defensively. And obviously, he got the assist. He he played the ball to Bannon to to for his goal. Um, and I know there was there's there's assists and assists, but yes. it was the pace of the ball that made things easy for Bannon. And and I think when the ball's played to you at that pace as well, somebody good like Bannon, it, it, it aids your shot because it's kind of like, you know, that you're redirecting rather than having to put everything on it yourself. Um, see, this is where, do you know, like um, I've just noticed with a, a, a Denneran's goal on uh, who scored, they've not, there's not an assist. And Interesting. That is, <laughs> but they do that, isn't it? Because it touched. So we, well, we should talk about the goal, shouldn't Let's we? Let's talk about the first goal. So Bogle yeah. came. Bogle, it's worth mentioning. Bogle came on, and and almost instantly, I thought had a wonderful chance to score from that corner. Mm. Seemed to have a free header. I don't know that what whether we hadn't decided to mark him properly, or whether I also was caught out by how tall he was, or whatever. But he seemed to just then have a, a free header from that corner, and, and thankfully, just completely missed the goal. Um, but then, yeah, then we made our, our final change uh, of bringing on Byers. Um, just a gorgeous goal. Mm. I can't remember who played it into Byers. No, neither do I. I can't remember if it was Palmer or, or, or Brown. But it was somebody on that left-hand side. Um, Byers squared it across for Bannon, and then Bannon just oh so sumptuously curled it into that top corner. It just seemed, it was such a great, amazing finish. But I mean, like, just exactly what the game needed. Yes. But just, it seemed like the most casual curl. It was like he was lifting a through ball. Yeah. The way he kind of hit it. Like, it's incredibly deceptive to see where the power comes from, from such a ball, from how he looked like he hit it. I honestly and, think part of it was the pace of pass from, from buyers. I think he, he, it meant he could just sort of steer it like it, it happens, you see it more with headers, mm. but like a kind of lofty header means that the striker or, you know, whoever's heading it towards the goal has to put everything on themselves. Whereas if you absolutely ping one in, they just have to kind of point that momentum somewhere. And it was almost that sort of finish for Bannon because he just had to like just sort of sand wedge it <laughs> and it curled into that far corner. Yeah. yeah. It was really lovely. Really, really lovely finish. I mean, it's interesting you mentioned the passing because I've thought that with Bannon for a long time. It's weird how how accurate his passing is. And then when it comes to shooting, he completely <laughs> loses his mind. Mm. And it, maybe like psychologically, it would be better for him to think about passing it into the goal. <laughs> like you're not you're not taking a shot you're just hitting another pass it's just that this is where you're aiming your pass mm. and like maybe that maybe that's a way to kind of soothe him and ease him through this obviously at some point a goal sort of attacked him as a child and he's terrified of them <laughs> but if he yeah if he passes it in maybe that's the way forward <laughs> Probably. And we hit him with the old one-two punch. We did indeed. And uh, double down from Dan Dan. Absolutely. <laughs> but this is one of those, It's. I think you can kind of see, I think we're going to be a team that is good at being one nil up. 
which we have not been for a good couple of years mm. because all of a sudden the spaces are bigger and we've got the players to pick those spaces and we've got the players to run in behind and all of a sudden you've got Barry Bannon on the ball and you've got uh, Jaden Brown making a run in behind a tired fullback who's already on a yellow and you know it sort of writes itself but um, a decent cross from 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 brown he had enough very time much to so yeah. look up and set himself and he, he picked out a man but i think the fact it's touched a defender on on its way through to adoniran is why he's not got an assist what well, um, was the keeper for the keeper, was the on, keeper. Right? Maybe it was yeah the keeper. yeah it was like feathered on from dahlberg it was that's it was right. really right. um yes yeah cammy cammy dawson's really going to enjoy watching that one back <laughs> Oh, I was so pleased for him. Mm. So great for him to get a goal in front of the cop and sort of tick that off his list as well. I could see him getting a few goals. Well, I, I, that's the thing. I, I This is the interesting thing to say. You know, he's a player with legs for days. We kind of think of him as this all-action holding midfielder, mm. you know, being the young kind of uh, player who can do what Massimo Luongo possibly can't really do anymore his traction mass and but you you know putting him in a different role and putting him in, in just finding that pocket of space to just arrive yeah. almost kieran lee-esque really while we're There's talking a touch about of that, definitely. fictional 6-2 man that used to play for as a place of bolton now <laughs> did you notice uh just looking around the division bolton um are on two points with six goals and six against because they had two free free draws for the first two games wow that's uh no, I hadn't noticed that, but that is that's quite the start. It's an intriguing little start to the stat <laughs> yeah. there. But I know, but um just wonderful, great work from Brown just to get to the byline and just did exactly what you need him to do. You know, to put it across. Yeah. yeah, great cross. And then he's there just in the right position, a little kind of stamping off the post. You know, that kind of pace, I think, that was coming in the ball and how he kind of reacted to it just seemed to bamboozle like the Doncaster yeah. defenders who were around that as well. Yes, yes. So, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. No, he took it really well. And he had another chance later on. Like, it, there was one laid back to him uh, on the edge of the box that he had a, a fairly good good effort with as well. Um, I think it's, it's that thing of... <laughs> Just not being bad, actively bad at shooting is quite is a quite a nice thing to see from from a midfielder. <laughs> like I think we've got players who would never shoot or look terrified to shoot, mm. or players who are bad at shooting and should never shoot. And like Adoniran, maybe it's just a youth thing. Like he's nobody's told him he's not supposed to be good at this yet, or he's not supposed to be good at this ever. Um, so he's just like, yeah, you know, I shoot, I have a shot. That's one of the things I do. I do all yeah. these things. <laughs> Got the belief, probably more so, uh, is, you know, he's a very able player. Yeah. But it seems like more of the belief is there to kind of outweigh the, uh, you know, some of the limitations in his game to just be like, yeah, I can go there. I can do that. Why not? You know, I can yeah. get in and around the box. I can play on the wing for you. You know, I can hold it in midfield. I can get up and around that. I can play like the number 10 role. And yeah, just fantastic. So, and and that's what he kind of said afterwards. He was, that was a fantastic. Have you seen his post-match interview? 
I've not with the I've Wednesday media, but you know, he's got a he's got an absolute diamond of a winning smile. Yes. You know, and he just seemed absolutely made up and just beside himself with what happened today. Ah. But yeah, really, really pleased for him. Really pleased that he did that for A for himself, B for us, but but I think also kind of I think for like kind of that like relation with the fans. Yes. It felt like a big, big building block, foundation building block in yeah. his Sheffield Wednesday career and building that the first home league game, you know, Wednesday fans back at Hillsborough in numbers. And he does that in front of a cop. Magic. I, I think he's, I think people are going, I think fans are just going to absolutely love him. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that within 10 minutes. Well, we, <laughs> we, <laughs> Wednesday fans, we naturally love, we love a uh, athletic cruncher in the <laughs> middle of the park, right? Yes. Yeah. And, you know, there's quite a few of those historically that we kind of yeah. look back on. Maybe a kind of, you know, not the same player, but maybe a, kind of in terms of the fans kind of connection with him and the player on the pitch maybe yeah. another Samido for this League One campaign yeah Samido's a good call I think Colin Palmer's not a bad yep I was thinking of him as well yeah comparison to draw uh, certainly in build he's much more like a, a Palmer obviously not mm. he's got a lot more you know if he has anything like the career that Colin Palmer had he'll be uh, and the the more anemic paler of those three things to add on uh, James O'Connor James O'Connor. <laughs> I haven't seen clapping skills yet, so maybe yeah. Wednesday, different gravy podcast favorite James O'Connor. <laughs> um, so two nil. Yeah, lovely, to, lovely to see. Um, there was some. So we we did praise Donny, and uh, we've got to give us with one hand and take away with another, and. Um, they they were they were time wasting from the tenth minute onwards, mm. and there was some of it was absolutely ridiculous. Like I think on three or four occasions, they stole a whole half of the pitch on a throw in, and the ref for some reason didn't challenge them on it. Dolberg was taking you know, sabbaticals from his career as a footballer between taking goal kicks. Um, Absolutely ridiculous. And I love when those teams get it uh, thrown in their face uh, when it comes to to losing. Um, And then, you know, oh, there's not very much time left in this game. Yeah, I wonder why. Um, But they also, the the worst of all of the um, semi-cheating stuff that they did, was I don't know if you picked up on this on the coverage, but basically the, there was a pause after. So the, the when we scored our first goal, weirdly somebody let off a flare in the Doncaster end. I don't oh, know why. Just okay. Excited. Yeah, yeah. And then then when we scored the second, a second flare ended up on the pitch, um, and there was a pause in play. Our players were just kind of in a huddle. Um, in the middle of our half sort of chatting and kicking balls back and forth and doing a bit of jogging up and down. And I, I don't know how the ref, I mean, again, the ref, this is, we're going to have to get used to bad referees, but the, the somehow it contrived that they ended up like kicking off before our players were back in position. So they like kicked it up the, up the wing um, and set, well, whoever it would have been, Galbraith on a run up the wing Um and, and they almost got a chance out of it. Thankfully, Hunt kind of closed him down and uh, we stopped it. But it was just like, 
just like, oh, you absolute tools. Like, oh, get you, do you know what I mean? Like, we've had to stop the game because your stupid fans have thrown a flare on the pitch, and now you're trying to turn it into an advantage by sneaking, sneaking off and taking the kickoff without anybody noticing. It mm. just felt like, I, I mean, I don't know. As I say, I don't know how the ref let them get away with it, but it felt disgraceful in a way, a low-level disgraceful <laughs> what they tried to do. Like the sort of thing that you would be on, like what happens next, you know, like, on, on something like Question of Sport. Because it was, yeah, it just was, it just felt, it felt low, it was lower. Uh, it was low class. It was um, it was scummy. It was a scummy thing they tried to do, and the fact that the the Galbraith then sort of fell over his own feet and the ball ran out of play was really the least they deserved, and and something worse should have happened to them. Uh, so yeah, a bit weird. But I did like the I liked the thought with the the pyro being set off when we scored, like that probably a Donny fan in the seventy fifth minute was thinking. Are we going to get off home then? Are we? But might as well leave now and beat the traffic. And then one of them, like one of the group, going, "We've got me flare still," and uh, like, "Well, just chuck it anyway," you know. <laughs> Speaking of further bad refereeing decisions, Rich. Yes. Well, this is yeah. Well, I I don't know what happened with the uh, the penalty decision. Really, it didn't get shown again because obviously. Um, well, it was a handball. Yeah, it was also the softest handball I think I've seen in quite a while. It it did it looked pretty soft. Mm. So could because so so apologies. Could you run me through so the the handball? Yep. Who was who who handballed it? Was it Palmer? I thought it was Hutch. Okay, it was just it was totally the other end of the pitch from me, so it just felt like chaos. And then they had yeah, the I think Palmer and Hutchinson were around each other, and I think Hutchinson was the one on the furthest left because he was centre. Okay. And but the ball wasn't. It wasn't like it's like oh, the ball is destined for someone's head in the middle of the box or going on target. No. You know, it was going going fairly wide. Like I, I it yeah. was a bizarre decision for a penalty. And then your man Bogle stands up to take it. Hmm. And ten, tender is the post, the post he struck the most. Hey, did so? Did Peacock Farrell didn't get a touch on it? it I didn't through. think so. I thought it was cleanly onto the post. I think I heard some people seem to think that BPF got a touch on it. Yeah, well, he was getting all the plaudits, but then I think you just kind of get plaudits where the if somebody just beams it over, you get a pat on the back as the goalkeeper. <laughs> That's usually how it works. Yeah, cannoned off the post. <laughs> Pinged back straight to Bogle. Bogle couldn't control it. Yes. And then who was the Donny player who did the piss weakest follow-up ben I've Close, ever seen? Apparently. That was dog shit. I'm like, that must have taken a touch <laughs> off someone. I'm thinking that must have taken a touch off Hutchinson. You know, yeah. when someone the Wednesday players rushing back to defend the penalty. And it's like, no, no, it was just wide and it was crap. It was bad. It was bad. So poor. It's sort of like a screw shot in snooker. It had that sort of like fizzy quality to it. It was really terrible, but desperately bad technique. And then he was so embarrassed that he went off injured. There you go. He he pulled his shame muscle and had to uh, <laughs> have a sit down. Option is shame CL. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I think that's one of the things that showed. I I don't know whether it's 
I don't know how much to factor in the fact we didn't play a game midweek and they they did, but we just looked the distinctly fitter team here. Mm. Um, because their right back went down moaning and cramping up. Uh, Close went down moaning and cramping up. Bostock went down moaning, cramping up towards the end. Um, and our players just looked fine. Yeah. Um, and Bostock at the end looked like a broken man. Like he looked like he'd lost a cup final. He was lying lying on his back in the middle of the pitch. Um, it just, yeah, just looked like he'd given every ounce of himself in in this effort to uh, to barely turn up at Hillsborough. Um, any any other m- moments or thoughts to talk through? Um, I wondered with the further the further poor refereeing. I thought the referee was largely okay. I've seen worse, probably a poor end to the game from him from his performance. Um, and again, to add to that, not sure where the six pity minutes came from. In terms of stoppage time, well, I well is that thanks to the flare? They've been doing so much time wasting. I don't know if you remember there was one in particular where Gregory, we were sort of doing a um, almost a holding it in the corner sort of thing. Gregory kicked it out and pointed to the linesman to say, "I've kicked it out right by that by the corner flag there," and they took their throw in from the middle of their uh, their technical area which is it's it's basically like a full quarter third of the pitch further forward than they, they they should have and they just did that all the time and the goalkeeper he, the ref told him off for taking time because i don't know there was one one moment when we had a shot i think maybe it was after um Camberry's header he he then had a nice big slug on his drink and was clacking his studs against the post and then the ref told him off for wasting time and he he slowly slowly rolled the ball to the other side of the penalty area before he took his kick um and the, you know the ref just didn't do anything i i mean i think the ref was fine mm. i'd rather out of the two things i'd rather a um a less busy blow happy ref than an overly blow happy ref but uh, Time wasting, I just have so little time for. <laughs> I I wish we would clamp down more on it because this is what happens: you time waste like Billio, mm. and then you get six minutes at the end to potentially try and get your way back into the game. Mm. I think if you <laughs> if you're chasing the get if you've time wasted and you're chasing the game, they should take the minutes off you. That would be good. If they go, do you know what? Actually, there's no no minutes now because you've you've ruined it. <laughs> you spoil it for everybody. <laughs> I'm taking the ball back home. It's mine anyway. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Uh, so t- yeah, I mean, what a it's a big. I know we had the cup game, but it doesn't really count. Nobody cares. Um, first, you know, first home game for a lot of these players. First home game for. Well, first home league game for Darren Moore uh, with the fans there uh, and a good solid win and another clean sheet. Yeah. Three in a row now. Three in a row. It's a good habit to have. Mm. <clears throat> any, uh, yeah, so any kind of star, star, honorable mention star men? Clearly with the clean sheets, Bailey Peacock Farrell's been often been getting up in the morning and is, uh, 
you know, it is, is boarding school and changing his sheets that often. <laughs> well, I just have a tug in the shower and then, then the sheets are fine, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Pim's the clock all around, lads. Pim's o'clock. <laughs> Do you know, the th- so this is obviously the first time I've got to, I've had, the chance to see Peacock Farrell. Mm. And we, we are, there's a notable shift. We are trying to play out from the back. We're trying yep, to yep, yep, yep. from the back. We're doing, we're passing within the box. We're doing that thing. Um, we, we might get caught out sometimes doing that. I think there will be teams that are very effective and efficient at closing down and we'll have to be, you know, right on it in those games. This was not one of those games. Mm. Uh, but, it's really nice to have a goalkeeper that passes a football and not just short passes. When he has to kick it long, he actually means to kick it where he kicks it, Luke. Like he sees a man in a Sheffield Wednesday shirt. This is, I know, just hold your credulity for a moment, your incredulity. I'm for clutching a my pearls as we speak. He looks forward, right? And he sees one of those guys in a Sheffield Wednesday shirt. And what he says to himself is, I'm going to kick it to that man over there. And it goes almost exactly to where they're stood. And it's Rich. crazy stuff. Rich. It'll never catch on. No, I mean, I know he oh, someday he'll learn how to goalkeep properly, which is just kick it as hard <laughs> as you can forward and sometimes it'll go straight up in the air and almost go back over your own head and sometimes it'll go straight out of play <laughs> and everyone can get angry at the player that's somehow supposed to know which one you're going to do this time <laughs> but no there was just there was three or four moments that were just he was pressed they were they you know they'd got the squeeze right they'd kind of cut down the options so the, the only thing that was left was to play it long and he actually played a pass to somebody um it was really nice to see i loved it luke absolutely loved it beautiful so well i think yeah i think he's a i think he's a very good chap i just love uh i love adoniran i th- i think he's uh i think he's gonna be people are, fans are gonna absolutely take him to their hearts as you say that big smile Million dollar smile, mm-hmm. just such an engine on him. Yeah, I really did feel for him when he shifted out to the wing <laughs> in the, whatever the seventieth minute, having having run around in midfield all game. But he made it his own and he, he grabbed a goal there, nearly got two. Mm. What a lad! What a lad! <laughs> um, great. Any, I mean, this it's churlish to pick out a underperformer isn't it on a day like today it's rude if anything it's rude it'd be really rude for me to say the underperformer of the game was Florian Canberry <laughs> rude so I'm um, so that I guess I didn't say it even though I just no, said it's one of those things where I said you know I was thinking of saying this and then you just tell someone what you're going to say so it's like you basically <laughs> just told them anyway <laughs> yeah like one of those, like, I'm not being mean, but... I'm but just yeah, I'm just going to power through it and tell you something mean. <laughs> um, so, Den Den is your, uh, is your MOM. My MOM. I did, I, I did love uh, Peacock Farrell's work. I thought the whole, the whole back four were really good. And I thought... Back uh, four was excellent. Palmer really uh, 
mm. started to, to to make some moves on that that left hand side, which was really nice to see. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, no, no. Well, yeah, Canberra maybe. No losers though, by and large. No, uh, I really liked. Uh, I, I feel I've got to give a huge shout out to Bannon for his sandwich liftoff. You know. Yeah. That really sent us into the stratosphere. Yeah, with that one. I like I Green. Think... Green was good. Green was the whole, good. The whole back four was decent. BPF was good. As, as good and Gecko almost said, Green Green is good. <laughs> he did. He did. He did. <laughs> yeah. No, great. What a great day. It was great to, rem- you know, have a resounding kind of 2-0 win. And um, come in. I was almost getting ahead of myself and thinking about just uh, getting on this podcast with you and around the 70th minute mark and being like, well, you know, well, you know, the goals will come, but it's good that we're keeping it tight at the back. Yeah. But um, yeah, we, we stuck at it. We played it like we played at some really decent levels. Some of the work in the middle, some of the footwork was just, yeah, it is just a cut above what we're seeing here, you know, in terms of like the players with the technicians we have for this level. It's just huge. It is. Yeah. That the, 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 the potential once that midfield three starts to really mm. get those kind of telepathic connections with each other, the potential is really quite exciting, I think. It is. It is. Because they're all so different, uh, but they do complement each other um, rather, rather well. Mm, nice, nice to yeah. be, nice to be pleased uh, of a Saturday. Nice to be, <laughs> nice to, uh, nice to have an, an enjoyable one to talk through. What is and, this emotion I'm feeling? Yeah, is it not a regret of the weekend? Thanks to Sheffield Wednesday. What's what is this feeling called love? Is that the pub song? Is that right? It could be. Yeah, let's say yes. <laughs> In a usual messy fashion, shall we? Shall we? Shall we end up the podcast? With something that we're yeah, like, let's do that. I think that's about right. And then in the usual messy fashion, let's go and join PSG. PSG to you all at home and PSG to you, Luke. PSG, everyone. Pretty <laughs> solid. Goodbye. Cheerio. See you. <laughs> This is disappointing because I didn't have an idea for a call open, which is me going Adeniran, dun dun, Adeniran, dun dun, Adeniran, dun dun, dun dun, dun dun, dun. What's he got for that? It's more positive. What's he going to look like when Denden's put him on his backside? What's he going to look like when Denden's put him on his backside?